Welcome to The Watering Hole, for coaches, by coaches, with coaching at the core. Fill your cup, join us, sit by the fire, and connect. We're on a mission to explore the water of wisdom, well-being, and we, the change makers. Coaching with a capital C. Coaching with a capital C. Coaching with a capital C. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second season of the Coaching with a Capital C podcast. Uh, We hope that you've been well and you've enjoyed your summer and are doing well also in this fall season as we get going in through September. Um, We know that the fall, always generally speaking, is a very busy time of year. So we're glad to get to bring this next season to you all during this time and hope that it provides a little bit of a reprieve, um, a little bit of a break, some hopefully some uh, light bulb moments or some curious questions to entertain and noodle on for yourself as well. Um, and most of all, we're really excited that this season we have a lot of new voices joining us on the podcast. As we mentioned at the end of last year, we really see this as a co-evolving conversation, and we know that there's so many people with really rich insights and input and the ability to bring people together around having this new type of coaching conversation has been really fun. Um, so this season, you'll you'll hear from a lot of folks Um from a variety of different angles of coaching and thinking about different topics that are both big and also niche as well within the field overall and the current state of growth that we're in. So with this episode, as we kick off this season, um, we're going to look at a really awesome format of coaching that is certainly emerging and gaining more popularity, and that's group coaching, and specifically group coaching within the primary care setting. So in this episode, you'll meet two new people, uh, one Kareen and the second one, Annie, and they both are colleagues together in a group coaching structure within a primary care company, and they'll share with us a little bit more about their experience and how facilitation is similar and different from coaching, what it's like to try to plan these group experiences, both in subject matter and logistics, and mostly, again, just really thinking about the power of coaching to bring people together and support healing, um, both for individuals and for a collective group. So very excited for you all to get to hear this first episode of our second season. And from there, I'll let you go into hearing uh, Kareen and Annie. Thank you. part about this, and this is where um, one of the awesome ways that the the field of coaching has grown is into different formats, right? So it's not necessarily, we've seen one-on-one based historically on the telephone, sometimes video, sometimes text-based, text-based. 
Um, but what you both are, are doing, which is really awesome, is a group format. And I think that that, mm-hmm. especially in primary care or other settings, is another way that's gaining a lot of popularity for how to help with um, both having that community experience and the richness of that, but then also being able to help more people, which is really, really great. Um, so I'm curious that I know, Kareen, I know that this this program was your brainchild, like <laughs> when we were in school and developing it that way. So I'm wondering, just to kind of dive into the conversation, if you want to share what about like a group format was uniquely interesting to you like 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, it actually The last thing I'll say, you were the only person in our program who was interested in groups at that time. So you had the laser. Yeah, (laughs) I totally had that then. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, it actually was our graduate program that inspired that in me. Um, I had never gone through a transformative group experience before myself. That was the first time like going through coaching training and doing all that work with other people and really opening myself up to being vulnerable, like changed my life. Like it, it was the single most powerful intervention for me personally. And Mm. my like move in the direction of, of change. And I was just really wowed by it. And when we were in class at one point, we had a professor who worked at Kaiser and he passed around this little booklet and I saw that there was group stuff. And I was like, Ooh, like what if we could have the kind of experience that I've had in our cohort in our coaching program, but in the primary care setting, like that would be like revolutionary. Like that would be who expects to have that like deep, profound, emotional changing experience at the doctors, <laughs> right? Like weird. That's not the place you expect it, but that's the place where you should find it, right? Like that's that's like the first stop for healthcare uh, in our in our country in a way that's more accessible because it's insurance based. Um, so, yeah, that was the inspiration, and um, I found people that were excited about that idea as well at at my organization. And at first it was like, we don't have time for this. It's a new company and like this cool idea, but like, it's not really a thing so much. Like there was barely a few little group, um, what were they called? Shared medical visit models happening here and there, but it was very transactional and it was very like, it was just kind of cold and, and there wasn't a lot of um, emphasis on the community building and the like deep work and transformation, um, which is what where I really want to take it. But I thought that our organization for me felt uniquely positioned to be able to offer that kind of support and that kind of work because of the way that we're modeled and what our emphasis are as, as a company and um, as, as a healthcare model. So I just pushed it and pushed it and kept pushing it. And, uh, it was a real uphill battle battle for a very long time, but, uh, finally everybody got on board with this group thing. And now there's lots of groups happening in, in healthcare. And it's really exciting to see how much people are getting behind this idea that healing happens in community. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the way we've always moved through 
grief and trauma and life. We've done it together. We've done it through relationship and the disconnect that we experience in our culture. Like there's a real brokenness in relationship and we can, we can help bridge that gap in healthcare. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I, I feel that what we do, what we offer is really the best preventative healthcare that there is, um, especially in the stress and anxiety management group that we um, we have that that really stresses the foundation of so many different diseases and illness. And if you can learn to manage your stress, you can learn to manage your health. So I think that, you know, we are a primary care company and that that is honestly the best way that we can help folks is by offering this. And it is magical and wonderful and powerful to have that group setting, to be able to call on the collective wisdom of the whole group and just get to hear, um, you know, from each person and get to, um, you know, what most people walk away with is just the, wow, I'm not alone. And that's an amazing thing that we get to offer folks. Um, if they take anything from our time together, it's that they know that they're not alone. They know there are other people out there going through very similar things. And that that in and, in and of itself is incredibly healing and a great place to start with that. So, yes, powerful stuff. For sure. And Annie, you just you just offered such a really wonderful part there. But I'm curious for you, too. Like, what do you enjoy about the format? Like what about it is appealing yeah. to you as well? Yeah, I love groups. I have always been a part of groups. One-on-one -on -one is my edge. <laughs> I'm way more comfortable in a group setting. I grew up in theater, music, everything happens in a group there. Um, and then, you know, at an early age, I started facilitating different spiritual groups and women's groups. And I just love the power of group work. Um, of getting to have individuals come together for a common intention to work through things to see people grow to just have that support that container it's really beautiful and just to get to learn from each other you know people come with amazing different accountability ideas some that I steal myself <laughs> because they're so brilliant so you know you get to learn so much from each other and it's just it's a wonderful environment that we get to create that we get to cultivate together um, and again just coming back to that concept of that we're not alone that we do have each other we are connected um, that a lot of what people experience are just parts of being human it's the human condition um, so getting to normalize that and normalize um, mental health and you know other health struggles is really really powerful work for sure and i'm i'm thinking because um I have always done one-on-one. -on -one. I've never facilitated mm -hmm. a group mm -hmm. or anything like that, but there's been so many times in my head, I've never said this out loud to a client, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, I wish that they could meet each other. Yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. wish that they could know each other. And I think that they would have like, you know, like kind of they're in the same city or they're in the same um, general age range or kind of developmental cycle and have kind of similar struggles in, in that. And it's so interesting sometimes to want to think about um or to think about how cool it would be if there was more um i always say this wrong intra client connection even mm -hmm. when you are enter whatever it actually is <laughs> um but i think with that it's so cool because i think that sometimes you can just really see how especially with with mental and emotional work which is also my my work predominantly is an emotional health and well-being as well is there so much of that that feels so isolating and mm -hmm. feels so um, stigmatizing and alone, but it's so commonplace. And so it's so wonderful to, to be able to have that group atmosphere where people can really um, be humans together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And another piece that just 
came up for me is is around the concept of entrainment, um, especially with the work that we're doing, the breathing exercises, the heart rate studies show that if you're in a group, you're working with others, your heartbeats sync up, you know, your breath rates sync up. You get to have this really powerful container of being entrained and being a part of something greater than yourself. That is something that we've been doing since the beginning of time. And there's a lot of value in having that experience. Yeah, we are literally wired for connection and yeah. community. And we've moved so far away from that in our culture, especially people are so disconnected from their families, from their place of origin, from the institutions that would usually supply a sense of like home and belonging where our jobs are everywhere. We're like all over the place. Mm -hmm. We work too long, too many hours, too much time on a computer. And, you know, you see rates of loneliness, like profound loneliness, yeah. social isolation are just on the rise and COVID did not help that. No, at all. <laughs> people were really, really struggling with just being alone with themselves all the time and, and missing those connections. And, you know, we always, of course, prefer, we love to do the work in person when we could really feel people and, mm -hmm. and sit in a room with them. But it was also really nice to be able to offer this community in this space still when everyone is so separated and, and isolated from one another. Yeah, absolutely. It's been so interesting to see the evolution of our program become virtual. Um, had a lot of hesitations at first, but honestly, I think it's amazing. It's wonderful. We get to reach more people this way. Um, you know, folks that wouldn't feel comfortable coming to a group of strangers in person or just it wasn't feasible or accessible for them. They now can just do this from the comfort of their own home. Um, and it, I know it's been so incredibly important and such a highlight of so many people's lives that have attended over the past year and a half and so, so necessary in these times of isolation. Even as we're transitioning back into some, you know, quasi normalcy, um, we're, we're not used to this yet. Our nervous systems have not adapted. So still getting to have this type of container and this group work and connection, um, I think really has been a life draft for many folks over the past year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the um, the ways in which community, I feel like on the one hand has become way more popular in vernacular, right? Like people talk about community a lot more. They talk about, again, like the appropriate criticism of like American individualism and what that, you know, how that isn't actually helpful in, in many, many ways. Um, but I think that one of the other things that's kind of interesting also is many of us for some it's it's weird to think about being in a community it's hard to kind of understand what that actually looks like or what being a part of a group looks like when it's not something maybe you grew up with with theater or for me it was like group sports right that was very teams like that's a really common or that's a really comfortable structure for me to be in as a team um but i'm curious for just in kind of again creating these structures running these different groups over time and seeing them grow i know across the country kind of where they're housed and where they're where they're run um has anything about that like surprised either of you or has anything about that like in terms of um what people get out of it or like where the richness really is like have you have you been surprised by kind of what the impact of these groups have been um even knowing that you've put so much intentional thought into the design of them also 
Because I do think that with, and again, there might be a pre-COVID answer to that and a post-COVID answer to that, (laughs) because I do think that, again, like, what does it mean to try to connect with other people around a common experience, a common challenge, a common interest, a common passion, right? It's, it's, I feel like people are engaging in that in different ways now. Like, it's also changed over time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what comes through for me around that is, um, so for our stress management program that we offer, we've also created um, community specific versions. So we have an LGBTQ plus version and then a BIPOC group as well. Um, And with the with the onset of the LGBTQ groups, a lot of what people brought forward were just, I got to bring my whole self here. I didn't have to omit anything else that I might in another group setting, but just being able to create that container for you know, a community of folks that have had a similar shared life experience is so incredibly powerful and wonderful just to fully show up. Um, and it, I think it allows for integration. It allows for a lot of healing around anxiety as for different communities as well. I think that's been one of the the most um, impactful piece that I've taken away from this work is just the importance of having those spaces. Those spaces are sacred. Even if we're in a primary care context, it's still a really powerful, intentional thing that we're doing. And people walk away with a lot of really, you know, life-changing skills and tools but also just the experience of what it's like to be seen and heard exactly as they are that's that's priceless also i think there's this beautiful thing that's that happens in the groups that are general audience in that you might get access to the inner world of someone you might never otherwise have a conversation Mm, with yeah i love that like young people like people in their early 20s or hearing from people in their 70s and vice versa and they're like whoa like you're struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with and I would never have expected that there's a huge age gap here but like wow okay that's good to know and I think that happens across a lot of of different areas of difference that and people are getting to know people in a different way that they might never have been friends with or maybe work directly with and and they're like oh we have so much more in common mm, yes. that we do right like once you peel back the surface layer it's like we're humans trying to figure out this human thing there's so <laughs> much more that connects us and so much more than we have in common than than is different yeah absolutely i love that point and um Yeah, that's so true and so telling, and especially in the work of stress management, just getting to realize that, you know, no matter who you are, where you come from, your age, your cultural background, etc., you're going to experience stress in very similar ways. And so it's an unfortunate human bonding experience, but it's also a really powerful one of being like, okay, I'm not quote unquote crazy. This is actually just my body doing what it's trying to do to protect me, to preserve me. Um, And that, you know, this is not something completely not okay. This is something that is normalized. Um, And when you get to hear other people's experiences, it really... um, there's healing in that you know there's there's acceptance and there's a way to move through it and and ways to have agency around you know how that impacts your world so yeah I love the fact that we get to hear from so many different people and we get to connect and just have such a a wide array of experiences 
Um, and it's interesting how our different districts also bring so many different new things. Our San Francisco groups are so vastly different than our Washington DC or New York groups. So it's really interesting to get to have all these different perspectives and, and get to see what, you know, what is it that troubles people or what are people struggling with? And they get to come together and share and talk about it. And it's just, it's wonderful. <laughs> I think it's, I love how you said that Crane too, about like we're humans trying to do the, figure out this human thing because um, so many of the, so much of the time, again, in my individual client work, like they, people, I feel like come in with the thinking that the goal is to avoid struggle and strife successfully <laughs> for like the rest of your life. So, <laughs> you know, it's almost like trying to hopscotch it or tiptoe or tight, like whatever it is, like the magic recipe to avoid it. And that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And so much of it, as we know, is, is the acceptance, the vulnerability that you mentioned before the, mm -hmm. um, the tolerance, right? Like the sitting in it, the, the finding the support in it and figuring out where you want to go from any of these different reasons. And that is like a growth curve in itself right? To help people to understand that the goal is not to avoid, the goal is to navigate like from an aligned and intentional way. Um, and I can totally imagine how a group setting can make that potentially a little bit more believable or like a little bit more evident because you're watching peers do it. You're not in like this individual conversation talking to somebody who like you could think is just completely making stuff up. Like that's not possible, right? Like how do you actually <laughs> learn how to tolerate it? So it, it sounds like that that group in that way is just a profound um, kind of container for that, like learning about like, what does it mean to do this human thing? Like how, what does that actually look like in tangible ex um, examples of people that I know? Yeah, the peer thing is so, it's so, so, so important. Literally, I can say something and then somebody else in the group will say the same thing, but because they have a peer-to-peer -peer relationship, like that's what they hear. They hear that person saying it. And I'm yes. like, this is beautiful, you know, like I don't, I can, the best, the best situation as a coach when you're doing group coaching is to be able to pretty much remove yourself from the situation and like, let the group do what it's going to do because they have so much uh, trust in each other and their process. And they like are really open to learning from one another. And it's a really, really beautiful thing to be able to see how much they're inspired by each other's journey and progress. And they get really emotionally invested in each other's <laughs> success. Yeah. And um, it, it's so motivating for them. They're like, if you can do it, I can do it. Like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Powerful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love and, that. Yeah. Just having the the proof that it's working for other people too, I think is really helpful because we can sit there and lecture and tell them all the different ways to do this, but unless they understand why this work is important or see it in, yeah, in their peers that it's actually working and there are positive impacts, it might not have, you know, the same impact in their world. So it's, yeah, it's great to get to, to learn from each other. For sure. And I think that um, something you had said before, too, about like the really not having to like um, not like not having to hide parts of yourself mm -hmm. in these different experiences. Right. So being able to present exactly from a, an outward and an inward perspective, the ways in which really resonate for for you, um, for any individual person is also so powerful, because I know that for some of the clients that I've worked with sometimes who are 
um, have different racial or ethnic backgrounds than I do, like the experience of feeling seen and not by other people, not, not necessarily in our coaching work, but by mentors, by people in their professional mm -hmm. lives and their career, by people in their community, you really, um, I know we say that all the time in coaching, it's all about feeling seen and heard, but it really is such a different thing to think about how, how that really plays in real life. And then therefore like how that really, what role that really like serves in real life too, when you can have that kind of dance of like the bravery of showing up more like yourself and then people seeing and accepting it and sharing that on. Yeah. Um, it's such a, such a cool thing, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, the, it's, it's really interesting because you'll want the first session, you know, everyone comes in like a little like, da, 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 what is this going to be? Like, I'm kind of scared and I don't know. And like, you know, there's just real, they just don't know what to expect. And as people start to reveal themselves slowly, you can see it having this domino effect and people are really bolstered by someone's vulnerability and, and someone's willingness to put themselves out there. And then, and then they'll step into that space a little bit. And then that triggers someone else to do it. And it, it just creates this, like, you just watch like session over session. It just becomes like so much more richer and um, the conversation just deeper and more honest and more open. And people really sort of unfold through, through the evolution of the group and their time together. Um, and it's it's amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. Totally, and I'm wondering if if it would be cool to share just in some general um, general pieces, like uh, how long are these groups, or average, how many people are a part of them, just so we can all kind of get a picture of uh, kind of what this format, how you all are using this format, and how you found it to work well. It varies. Um, so our our stress and anxiety management program is four weeks. Um, what we meet once a week for four weeks for two hours each session. Honestly, if I could make, wave a magic wand right now, I would make it six weeks. <laughs> we love magic wand questions. I love it. I'm like uh, waving the crap out of that thing. Um, I would make it six weeks for sure, a little bit longer. We get to the four week point and we're like, ooh, just a little bit more, yeah. you know? That's I'm a lot of our feedback because yeah. I wish it was longer. <laughs> well, yeah, when people are in it, they're like, I want to be in this group forever. Uh, just, you know, it's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that one, that was short. Like our metabolic program is um, six sessions, but it's over 12 weeks. We give people much longer to make those sort of big lifestyle changes and, and really build the habits. Um, and then, you know, six weeks for, for our other programs as well, program on depression and sleep and the groups, um, range in size, generally 12 to 16 is like a nice sized group, like more than that. And it becomes a little unwieldy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it's a larger group, we, we typically have two coaches. So we split up the groups and have smaller groups they're in. I was going to say, yeah, that makes sense. I'm curious. What do you think if somebody is like a coach who's interested in, in this, what do you think that would be helpful for them to know? Because again, we're not typically trained on how to run groups. So if this is like a format that's interesting or one that they would want to think of or learn a little bit more about, what would you say from your experience or things that they would, would be helpful for them to think about, investigate, learn? 
Yeah, I think what's really important with the group work is just learning how to hold space, learning how to create a container, learning skills on how to facilitate groups. The coaching part, of course, is a huge part of what we do, but more so in the group work, you're just a facilitator. You're holding space. You're you're learning how to, um, you know, utilize your time properly. You're learning how to engage people. Um, you you know you need to take care of the emotional well-being of the group and just be the, you know, keep keep that pulse, see what's going on. So just really about learning how to step into that role of facilitator um, of, you know, not power over, but power with and how do you engage the rest of the group to be a part of this container and active participants as well. So yeah, just a lot of just experience or I mean, it really comes from experience, you can read about it, but <laughs> until you're doing it with other people, um, you know, there's, there's, it's hard to, to get that true experience of being with folks um, and holding that space and creating a safe container for people to feel comfortable enough to open up and talk about, you know, very important issues. And understanding how to facilitate connection between people is really important. Uh, as a group facilitator, sometimes if you don't really have that piece down, it can just be like you're interacting with people and then they're interacting with you. But like, how do you create an environment where they're talking to each other and communicating across in that way and, and not just kind of a back and forth with us uh, is really important. But as Annie said, it's so much experience. Like, you know, Megan, we were not trained how to do group coaching <laughs> at all. And um, I had to just figure it out and it was terrifying. Um, but, you know, just jumping in there and doing it was the, the best way for me to learn because it was a real crash course and like what works and, and what really doesn't work. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah, there's no better experience game than effort, right? Than tried and, and to see kind of what you learned from all of those continued efforts. And Kareen, when you were talking about like our grad program as um, kind of a source of inspiration, I was thinking about it. And again, another thing that, that I think is interesting for coach training is a lot of it now is done remote. So the fact that we were in person was is pretty rare mm -hmm. to really think about what it meant to go to that building however many days a week right to like sit in those classrooms to sit in that cafe to maybe go to the library like it was a very small building it was not a large building by any means mm -hmm. but it did have such a unique the building had such a unique feel right mm -hmm. uh, the classes the, in our program had such a unique feel and it's interesting to think about again um in some ways, like bringing people together around a common interest or passion, but in the ways that you both have these, which which makes a lot of sense, there's kind of like a common experience that's challenging, mm -hmm. right? And then how that common, I'm putting this in huge like quotes, like a negative, right? Can be such a source of growth and, and um, support and community. And then for us with the school, it was kind of like, we're all curious about this, right? So we're all here from a little bit more of a big air quotes positive, but then you get to have the same, the same type of interaction and engagement overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, people could come together over so many different things. <laughs> it's really interesting to see all the ways that we need each other, right? And can hold each other through 
our more challenging moments and our, our, the places where we're like inspired and happy and growing and doing that together. Like really at the end of the day, it's just like relationship. It's so important. And whether you can do that in person or do it virtually or however, it's that emotional connection bridges sort of all um, mediums, but it was really nice to be able to sit down with each other and, you know, in that building and have those relationships and hug one another and like, see each other all the time <laughs> all the time all the time um yeah and I'm, I'm thinking about it more too and I'm curious like um if you both speaking of magic wands right if you had a magic wand and you could bop people on the head and they would understand how groups are so cool and that they would help them what do you think he would want like perspective attendees to understand or like know about the format? And then similarly, since you all are in primary care, what would you want like physicians and PEs, like other medical practitioners to also understand? So you could, you could have two magic wands. <laughs> you could take it one at a time. I asked two, I asked a big two-folded question uh, right there, but I'm just, I love the magic wand idea and I love, um, imagining getting to just bop somebody on the head and instant knowledge. <laughs> if only it worked that way in real life. <laughs> I, I would say in regards to, you know, the, the providers that we work with is just understanding the value of what we have to offer, that it doesn't diminish or take away from their work that they do one-on-one, -on -one, but it's so incredibly complimentary and they can go hand in hand and they can support their patients' journeys in this group and we can do the same, you know, on their own health journeys. So um, yeah, just understanding the, the deep value that groups have and the healing powers and the changes and just, you know, the the skills as coaches that we share and accountability methods to really get those life changes and behavior changes to, um, you know, stick. Uh, that is really, really important because you can go to a doctor and they can tell you what to do, but if they don't help you understand how to do it, how to make it work for them, it's not going to matter. So we do, you know, we spend so much time on learning how to make their practice designs or whatever their goals that they're working towards really work and really stick so they can have really, you know, powerful changes in their world and in their health. Yeah, on the, on the patient side, uh, it's challenging because, you know, group is not the format for everyone at any, at every point in their lives. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of folks who come through and they're just not open to it. They're not ready for it. They're not interested in hearing other people's <laughs> quote unquote problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they're just really like they're not, they're not there. And that's okay, right? It's not, it's not for everybody. I think there's a lot of value in in one-on-one. -on -one. And you get to go a lot deeper into your own stuff you get the floor you know in that setting and sometimes that's that's what folks need they're they're more in an acute place or they've got some really crunchy stuff they need to work through and they just they really need that dedicated time and space mm -hmm. and group doesn't actually take away from that i think sometimes doing both at the same time having a one-on-one -on -one support system and doing group they, they have something different to offer, right? Like 
in, in the group setting, having that community and that connection and knowing that other people are going through something similar and normalizing your experience while also doing deeper, crunchier work uh, in a one-on-one -on -one setting. I love that word crunchy. I use it all the time. I feel like <laughs> um, it can be really complimentary also, you know, they can really support one another. Um, so it's a little bit of right time, right place and right support systems. And just, um, you know, being open and willing to try something that maybe new or different or seem a little bit scary, but, you know, it can be a growth, a growth edge. I know. I think it's, I am um, so appreciating this conversation because I feel like that's such another kind of buzz word, buzz effort right now is this idea of like precision care, right time, right place, right modality, right? Like, you know, exactly the right thing. And I think it's so interesting how um, in so many ways with the growth of coaching, right, we've become a more prevalent option, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's individual or groups, it's a more prevalent option for right care, right time, right place, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we also know that none of us can accurately predict what's going to be the exact thing that works for somebody right? The exact sequence, the exact um, strategy, the exact effort. And I think what's so fascinating with trying to bring coaching, let alone groups in a different format of it into a really established medical environment, right? Primary care is very indoctrinated, established medical environment. In some ways, it's almost like an oxymoron where it's like, we're going to not have instruments. We're going to have connections and we're not going to have like you know like these exact um uh icd-9 or icd-10 codes right that we're billing with like we're going to have like a conversation and we're going to see what happens and so um it's so cool to see the the wonderful oxymoron that that can be and just to almost have that as proof to the pudding that there is space for things like this to have a really powerful impact. Yeah, I think it's it's really unexpected. People come in um, not really knowing what it's gonna be and they're surprised by it. And I, I appreciate that very much. I like that we can yeah. uh, <laughs> like, but like, you know, invite people into a, a situation that they're like, never would have expected this at my doctor's office. Like it's, this is kind of wild. It doesn't feel like I'm talking to a doctor. It feels like this, you're like a kind of a friend and like, we're cool. Yeah. And we have this, like, you know, we're all just like humans trying to figure it out. And there's no hierarchical thing going on here. We're just like people trying to make connections with people and, um, yeah, primary care is not typically the place that you go to for that kind of support. Yeah, and that's making me think too, Annie, what you said about in the facilitation, it's not the power over, it's the power with. And I think that that is so true of coaching in general from a power dynamics perspective, mm -hmm. but yeah. especially with with group for sure, the... the um, thinking about extending that about like 
I'm not above you. I'm with you in this experience. I'm with you on this journey. We'll figure it out together. And I think that for so many clients, and again, I can totally imagine this being so unique on a group experience is that is like a, can be such a foundational new type of partnership Mm -hmm. for somebody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things that we stress with either new facilitators or new coaches is bring yourself there too. talk about your own struggles, your own um, experiences, um, because that's how, you know, you can help this feel even more normalized, that you can have other folks see that, yes, I've dedicated my life to stress management, but I'm still struggling with stress and anxiety. And it's not something that goes away. It's something that I've just learned to dance with over my life. Um, and so bringing yourself and offering that vulnerability can be um, incredibly impactful because then it's, yeah, you're, you're all in this together, that we're all figuring this out together. There is no one right way. There is no one path or practice that's going to work for every person, um, but it's about figuring out what's going to work for you. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When we come in with our stories <laughs> about our lives and our practices, they're, they're like, whoa, oh, okay. Like you're a person mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even more than us as the coaches, but the providers, you know, MDs, you know, those folks, like there's traditionally a very hierarchical relationship, you know, in most settings, not in our setting, but in most settings, it's like white coat and stethoscope and like markers of difference. And we just want to like blast all of that down and be like, we're just people (laughs) and uh, life is hard. Well, I think honestly, it sounds like the way, because I feel like one of the other things that I've noticed a lot, especially again with the rise of coaching and now that like a lot of people have, um, you know, the Instagram coaches are like these private practice influencer type deals where I feel like there is such a persona that some people can put on, right? Like the persona of a coach, right? Where people think that that means you're fill in the blank X, Y, or Z thing. But I'm like, I think that what you both are speaking about of really bringing your full self, modeling the um, authenticity, modeling the vulnerability, modeling all of that is such a powerful lesson because we still do have a title, right? And it's not necessarily that that title is meant to be hierarchical, but I know that for sometimes um, one of the other coaches, Lorene was mentioning how she had a client once who was like, so I'm guessing you like totally have your life together. And she was just like, exactly like that, like a huge laugh. She's like, no, <laughs> you know, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, her, whole, her whole thing was like, if any other coach tells you that they do have their life together, run away. Right? That's, there's yeah. something that's like inauthentic was, about that. We are all works in progress. <laughs> it's all called a practice for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, because I think there's this perception that our, um, you know, our, our, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like the reason why we're able to stand up in this space and speak to it is because we've got it figured out, right? Like that's where our validity comes from. Like, yep, like we've done the things and we've gotten the training and like now we've arrived <laughs> at this place of life has worked out, right? Like that gives us a, a, you know, it gives us that sort of position, but it's like, no, like, no, everybody, literally everybody is just trying to figure it out. Like everyone is just in the muck, (laughs) slogging through, 
trying to live life. And um, I think the more we have opportunities to have really honest conversations across different types of folks and different types of positions. And, you know, some people I, I had, there was a comment once um, and from one of the folks in our groups. And she said, it was really amazing to see these people who look like they have it so together, like they have these amazing jobs and these like nice suits and like their hair's done and they just like look like a million bucks and they've got life figured out. And to sit there and say that they're really struggling, it was like, I feel so much better about my life because I know that I don't have, I don't need to be that pretend, that thing that I thought that they were. I don't need to measure myself up against that idea of, having it all together because it's not real. And I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and on the other hand, you know, as coaches doing this work, it also serves as accountability for us too to practice what we preach. So, you know, you can't be talking about all these wonderful, especially with the stress management skills and tools, unless you're doing them yourself, you have to actually make your life about that. <laughs> so there is that accountability and just the group accountability as well. Um, there's a lot of, you know, different ways to help folks stay motivated within the group environment too. So yeah, as coaches ourselves, you gotta, you gotta practice what you preach. <laughs> That's actually been a really common thread that has come up. I want to be very mindful of time right now. Um, for respect of for both of you, but that's been a really common thread about how hard it can be to walk the talk sometimes mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. the demands that are put on us are the exhaustion of the emotional labor and mm -hmm. all the layers of responsibilities are just like there. I'm seeing a great head nodding, which I was going <laughs> to say, but I think especially with, with the growth of the field and as we all continue to want to pursue all of these things, how we stay mindful of that is huge. Um, for our own sustainability, our own, you know, longevity. And it's nice to be able to have, again, these structures, as we know, as coaches, right, you can put a version of a structure into play to support with having accountability. And so it's great that the group format can serve for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what I tell folks is that built into the program, a piece of accountability is that you have to come back here next week and tell us whether or not you did it. So <laughs> a little bit of peer pressure does go a long way. And, and just having that accountability of the group and having other people rooting you on and extra support is really, really valuable and helpful. Yeah, knowing I'm going to have to talk about these things with people, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do it. Like, I got to eat my vegetables and I need to <laughs> practice yoga every day. And like, I need to live these things. Mm -hmm. And it also just keeps me constantly interested in the process that I'm supporting people going through. Like, I'm just, I'm really, really engaged in it all the time in all aspects of my life. And I think that authenticity really comes through in my coaching. Like when I talk about what I'm doing and, and I'm sort of, and I'm communicating about it, people can feel that it's coming from this deep place of, I believe in this and I live it and I do it. And, um, you know, that makes it, uh, I think a little bit easier for them to settle into like, okay, all right, this isn't just like, you're telling me the things that people should do, but like, you really, mm -hmm. really believe in it and you really yeah. live life like that. Absolutely. 
And, you know, I think another thing to add about, you know, being a coach in a group is that you get to get exposed to all different kinds of resources because everyone's going to bring the things that work for them and share things or different apps or talks or programs. And you just get a wealth of knowledge and information that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily have access to. So, um, you know, you get to expand your own personal repertoire as well and learn from the patients. For sure, for sure, for sure. I think my favorite thing about coaching is the the profound creativity that comes through these partnerships and the ways in which people like piece together their own, you know, journey and their own map. And then also, like you both were saying too, like the profound, um, like deep empathy that you can have and compassion you can have for others and yourself when you know that like trying to do this life thing intentionally or trying to do it with like um, purpose and meaning from a values aligned way is not easy, right? It takes effort. It takes time. There's a lot of value that comes from that, but it's okay that it's not easy, but also like this is an intentional path to choose. And the more we choose it and experience it in our own lives and their work with other people, it all just does kind of um, snowball in a really powerful way to make it like very, very palpable. Yeah, I end every series or stress series. I end everyone thanking people for their courage and showing up and saying, by being here, you are making the world a better place. Yes. You are literally making the world a better place. Your life, everything that you touch around you will be better because of these choices that you're making. And uh, you, the, the ripple effect, it just keeps going and going, you know, there's so much, so, so, so much room for growth and what it means to be human and uh, how we show up in the world and for each other. And the more we can be conscious and intentional and like know ourselves deeply and love and accept and nurture the best parts of us, the you know, better we'll be in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. And that sounds like a perfect place to pause. (laughs) Hi, everyone. It's Megan again. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this first conversation of our second season on group coaching with Corrine and Annie. Um, And if this happens to be the first episode of ours that you're listening to, that's awesome. We're so glad to have you here. And uh, we encourage you, if you're curious, if we piqued your interest at all, to look back at our first season as well. We have eight awesome episodes there that you can peruse and listen to all around different elements of the coaching work and coaches and the coaching field. And again, we just want to thank everyone who's choosing to spend your time and listen today um, and listen at any time, at all times. Uh, We really do see this as creating and holding space for folks to be able to connect, learn, and expand together via these conversations. And we're just very grateful for everyone to join. So we'll see you next week for our second episode. And in the meantime, feel free to peruse the first season as well and hope everyone has a great day. Thank you.